lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as well as Aaron McIntyre. And of course, there is all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Reminder, I am lying to you on Facebook. If you like being lied to, if you want to know the exact opposite of what I really think, go to our Facebook page and check out hashtag Facebook approved takes and you'll get a hefty dose of BS from yours truly. If you want to know what I really think, go to MeWe, Parlor, Gab, Getter. Look for Steve Dace there. And you can also look for clips of the show that are both free to watch and then free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Gentlemen, before we get into today's festivities, I would like to congratulate 55,000 917 people. Do you mind if I do that really quick here? Sure. Let's do it. We don't I mean, celebrate don't, enough these days. Let's celebrate indeed. something. Indeed. I mean, and and that's a lot of people uh, to try to congratulate all at one time. But if if they had not reached a collective milestone together, um, you know, that that is momentous in nature. Uh, I would not be breaking protocol here at the top of the program and interrupting normal business in order to acknowledge this gargantuan achievement. But indeed, today is a day, uh, and and this accomplishment is so noteworthy that we should begin from the very beginning here uh, in acknowledging it. And so 55,917 people proved yesterday, you are the absolute biggest dumbasses in America. Uh. You are complete and total fools. Do not procreate. Do not vote. Consider, in fact, deporting yourselves. At the very least, get thee to a nunnery. You are too dumb to participate in this thing called the American experiment. However, Brad Parscale, the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner, and the rest of that grift operation thanks you for falling for their scam and filling their coffers. Yes, you, you are the problem. You are the kind of people you look around and you think, how in the world are we losing to these dweebs? How in the world are the kids we squirrelied in school now kicking our ass? How is this happening? Well, it is 55,917 people like yourselves that voted for dude looks like a lady for California governor yesterday. 1.1% is what Bruce Jenner received of the vote, which is approximately 1.1% too much. 55,000 plus of you fell for that canard. I'll even assume maybe 917 just did it as a joke thinking this is not the government California needs but deserves. And if that was you, tip of the cap. Um, Great success. I I have much respect for your troll, but something tells me that wasn't 55,000. No, no, you, you, sir and ma'am, 
You are killing this country. You are the problem. Thank you for outing yourselves. In fact, it is really the rest of us I should be congratulating because now we know who not to trust, let alone um, uh, do business with on any level whatsoever. You are the worst of dumbasses. You are the worst of fools. And I just wanted to acknowledge you here at the very top of the program. Also, since we are surrounded by such fools to the right of me and communists to the left, might I suggest that there has never been a better time for you both to understand on a physical level how to operate your Second Amendment, and then on an intellectual level how to defend your constitutional rights as well. And that's why you want to check out the Constitutional Defense Course, which is hosted by Front Sight Firearms Training Institute just outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. They offer a unique combination of intellectual and physical training that you can't find anywhere else. So you can both defend yourself intellectually against these fools and communists and the communists that are being abated and abetted by these fools or you can have to maybe physically defend yourself when the time comes. Uh, it is the premier firearms self-defense training organization. You've probably heard our colleague Daniel Horowitz talk about this a lot over the last couple of years. And right now they're signing up classes for this fall. And it is a family-friendly training program. You can bring the whole family if you'd like to do that. Just go to constitutioncoach.com to register for their fall classes now that cooler weather is on the uh, is, is looming there in Nevada. Constitutioncoach.com. And if you register today, you'll get 90% off of your training. Now, travel and, and, and lodging accommodations, your logistics, you'll have to handle that. But they'll give you 90% off the training today at constitutioncoach.com. Coming up on the show today, we will not have the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. He is observing Yom Kippur. We will, however, talk to our old friend Jordan Schachtel at the bottom of the hour because we have a question. Siri, what does treason look like? We have an, a, a, apparently a living, breathing example. We'll get into that here at the bottom of the hour. And then next hour, of course, we will open it up for you to play our beloved game of buy, sell, or hold. But before we get there, of course, we must begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by this guy, General Mark Milley, he who famously stated he wants to understand quote-unquote white rage is back in the headlines this week. According to a new book by journalist Bob Woodward, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, not only informed his Chinese counterpart that he would give the communist country a heads-up of any military action against them, he also informed officials at the Pentagon that they were not to obey any orders coming from then-President Trump regarding the nation's nuclear arsenal. Milley apparently did this after the events at the Capitol on January 6th. In other words, Milley, probably along with others, staged the real coup on January 6th, effectively stripping the commander-in-chief of his still duly elected powers. In other news from the swamp, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was asked by Senator Rand Paul. The guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that uh, that strike, uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. 
Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a Predator drone. One little tidbit I missed the other day from Lincoln's testimony in front of Congress was this exchange between he and Representative Scott Perry. How many not Afghans the, uh, not yeah. meeting the qualifications of SIV have been brought to the United States? Prior to, I, I want to know ahead, how please. many Afghan citizens came to the United States that had not met the qualifications for special immigrant visa. We're in the process of no, no, no. How going many? through. How many? How I, many I, did I, you bring? You were just at Dulles. How many did you bring? We have. We will have by the end of the month. We will have brought a total of pro approximately sixty thousand that have uh, not met the SIV the process. Stand. Some of those will be. Some of those will have been through the SIV process. All of them, regardless of SIV status will have gone through rigorous security checks. In completely unrelated news, the states of Virginia and Wisconsin are dealing with a measles outbreak thanks to the huge influx of refugees from Afghanistan. In further unrelated news, some of the Afghan refugees brought with them child brides, according to numerous media reports. California Governor Gavin Newsom survived his recall election last night as Californians chose burgeoning homelessness, needles and feces in the streets, wildfires, rolling brownouts and COVID stan over the change at the top. In New York, a federal judge has blocked the state vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Judge David Hurd, a Clinton appointee, said in his decision that the State Department of Health is, quote, barred from taking any action, disciplinary or otherwise, against the licensure, certification, residency, admitting privileges, or other professional status or qualification of any of the plaintiffs on account of their seeking or having obtained a religious exemption from mandatory COVID-19 vaccination, end quote. Also in New York, our friend Shannon Joy had her case dismissed by the Monroe County District Attorney after she was charged with trespassing for apparently failing to wear her mask correctly at her local school board meeting. A new Siena poll of New York finds Joe Biden's job performance rating is underwater in the state, 46% saying they approve to 52% saying they disapprove. Live Action President Lila Rose announced yesterday that Google has banned all of Live Action's pro-life ads after left-wing abortion activists requested the company do so. In Ohio, the mayor of Hudson spoke to his local school board last night. Members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm gonna give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. That moment came after multiple parents complained about the content of some writing prompts contained in a book called 642 Things to Write About, provided to high school students who are taking a college credit course called Writing in the Liberal Arts 2. Those writing prompts included phrases like, write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom, and others like it. And finally, we're not really ones to make a big deal about celebrity deaths around here, but we'll make an exception for Turd Ferguson, aka Norm MacDonald. MacDonald was fearless, often making the most hard subjects hilarious. MacDonald passed away at the age of 61 after a long private battle with cancer. See, in the old days, a man could just get sick and die, you know? Now, they have to wage a battle. <laughs> so, so my Uncle Bert, is waging a, a courageous battle. 
which I've seen because I go and visit him, and this is the battle. He's lying in a hospital bed with a thing in his arm watching Matlock on the TV. And the reason I don't like it is because in the old days they go, hey, that old man died. Now they go, hey, he, he lost his battle. That's no way to end your life, you know? What a loser that guy was. Last thing he did was lose. He was waging a brave battle, but at the end, I guess he got kind of cowardly was what happened. And then the bowel cancer, it got brave. You gotta give it to the bowel cancer. You know, they were in a battle and then, what the And I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me, is not a loss, that's a draw. That's a, you know what I mean? And that's what happened while we were away. Absolute American treasure, Norm MacDonald was. And if you followed him the last few years on Twitter, uh, guys, I mean, this guy's a really deep thinker. And, and and posited a lot of questions about transcendence and things of that nature. And now knowing what we know, that uh, he was um, in a fight for his own mortality, that a lot of that makes sense. But he was a fairly critical thinker before. I, I had forgotten about this moment until a, a buddy of mine sent me a link to this yesterday and reminded me of it. The, uh, the 1998 ESPYs, <laughs> and he is the host. And Charles Woodson of my beloved Michigan Wolverines had just won the Heisman Trophy and is sitting in the front row. Uh, and uh, McDonald says, and there's Charles Woodson, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, first predominantly defensive player to ever win the award. They, can, they can't ever take that away from you, Charles. And the crowd, of course, erupts and, and applause. And after they're done, he looks at Woodson and says, unless, of course, you lose your mind later in life and go off half-cocked and murder your wife. And the, the, the looks on the faces in that room, okay, it was very Ricky Gervais-esque uh, at, uh, at the Emmys a couple of years ago. So uh, an absolute uh, national treasure uh, in Norm MacDonald, no question about it. Just a brilliant, brilliant comedian. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. How much equity do you have in your home? Please don't find out the hard way uh, because uh, this is exactly what cyber thieves are looking for. They are combing through public databases, looking for high equity homes, and then they pull your home's online title, forge your signature on what's called a quick claim deed, making it look like you've sold your home to them. And then they start taking out loans against your equity. And unfortunately, your homeowner's insurance, your mortgage lender cannot protect you. Thankfully though, Home Title Lock can and that's what they do so that this doesn't happen to you uh, if you want to make sure that your home's title is in the free and clear they are offering right now for free it's normally a hundred bucks but they're offering it for free right now a complete title history of your home when you register your address at hometitlelock.com again get a complete title history of your home hundred dollar value for free when you register your address today at hometitlelock.com uh, we are going to get into General Milley at the bottom of the hour. So let's table that conversation for uh, when we bring Jordan Schachtel onto the show. Uh, let's instead start off with um, the importation of uh, uh, um, refugees. And I, I just want to remind you, because Saturday we commemorated the 20th anniversary of 
And I, I don't know anybody with major platforms in conservative media that have reset this other than myself and Daniel Horowitz. So let me reset it for you. All 19 9-11 plotters and perpetrators, all 19 of them, qualified for student visas. 9-11 was primarily a problem of the American immigration system, not America's foreign policy. After we invaded Afghanistan as our first formal blow against those responsible, and we have been told ever since, we were told this for 20 years, that we had to fight them over here so we don't fight them, or over there so we don't fight them here. Folks, we've had at least 30 foiled or successful terrorist attacks on U.S. soil since we invaded Afghanistan, at least 30, that were perpetrated by people mobilized by radical Islam, including the Zarniyev brothers, which ended up hatching the most successful terrorist attack since 9-11 at the Boston Marathon. What lessons did we learn from this? Zero. Zero point zero. To quote another famous film, zero point zero. We learned none because we just brought in 60,000 unvetted people from a country that gave sanctuary to Osama bin Laden. 60,000. 60,000. And already child brides, the measles, Folks, the laws of sowing and reaping remain undefeated. When you break the natural law long enough, it will break you. And often violating the laws of sowing and reaping comes with the harshest of penalties. And this, and, and this natural law doesn't care. If you did this out of some Lake Wobegon uh, bleeding heart, it doesn't matter. 60,000. If they're telling you, by the way, it's 60,000, I promise you it's more than that. If that's the number that Blinken is admitting to, add to it from there. That's the starting point. It's more than that. But does it matter if they're vetted? Because apparently we vetted 19 individuals before 9-11 and gave them student visas. Does it even matter if they're vetted? Even if we had a rigorous vetting system, how could we possibly import this mass of people on this fast of a basis from a part of the world that has been exporting terrorism, Islamic radical terrorism, for decades? How could we possibly vet this mass of a people this fast from such a hostile region, even if we were interested in a serious vetting process? How could we do it? We could not. But don't worry. These people are more important than you. You're Americans. You're not important at all. That's why illegal aliens don't face vaccine mandates. And that's why people from the country that ended up providing a sanctuary for those that committed the worst attack on U.S. soil since Pearl Harbor, that's why they get to bring their child brides and measles here. Here's what you, here's what you are to do. You pay. You pay. You pay. You pay for it. You pay. That's what you are to do. Shut up and pay. That's what you do. 
pay with your kids' health at the schools, pay maybe with your daughters when we find out some of these people are refugees later, because we went through that with the Arab Spring and the Obama years, remember, already. Maybe pay for it when it doesn't take many, end up being terrorist sympathizers and they're successful. And of course, pay for it with your tax dollars. You pay, you pay. That's what you're here to do. You're here to pay. And you pay for them. Because apparently 20 years and a couple trillion dollars wasn't enough for you to pay for Afghanistan. Keep on paying while we bring Afghanistan and the seventh century here. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that before I move on? Um, can we get the mayor of that town in Ohio to run our border policy for us? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, guys, I'm going to... I'm going to tell you right here, sitting in the adjunct B-list studio, when that guy just, dude, man. Yeah. And, and dude, this isn't, a, he didn't step out of a Gold's gym, right? No. Nope. This guy's probably not winning the CrossFit Olympics. Just walked in there like a freaking boss, stood up and said, here's how this is going to go down. Yep. You guys will all either resign. My wife showed me this uh, writing project yesterday, by the way. I could not believe it. Okay. Um, you just walked in, you're all going to resign or you're going to be charged. Didn't have to, th- you know, lose my mind. Just pow- you, we've talked, we talked a lot earlier this year about meekness and power under control. Men, you want to know what that looks like? It looks like that right there. That dude's like, I own this room and I've got what's right on my side and you will pay. You, and, and, and instead it won't be me paying. You're going to pay. When I watched that video, I had read the story, but I'd not yet seen how the video plays out. Guys, I, I honestly got a little choked up here sitting in the B-list studio. I was like, holy cow. There's like actually like a real man somewhere around here. Wow. Continue your point, Todd. I'm sorry. Oh, he... Ask yourself. This, it's, this is perfect to compare the two. Ask yourself why when it comes to leadership on any issue from any major political party. We know we don't know anything about this guy. He may even be a Democrat. I have no idea. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't uh, yeah. Why yeah. does it never look like that? Yeah. He didn't come in with just a speech, and it's okay to come in with a speech if that's all you can do. But the dude had authority granted to him as the mayor of that town. He walked in with that authority and he walked in with friggin' consequences. Yes. I'm not just gonna. I'm not just going to bloviate here. There will be. Co- in fact, I'm not going to bloviate at all. You will all resign, or you will be charged. Because I've already spoken to the damn judge. He just walked in with. See, we don't. We don't ever see that. There's never any consequences for anybody for absolutely anything. And maybe that's what I got choked up about yeah. more than anything else. I just read it last week to you, but and I've included it on the show before. The the British, 18th century sea admiral Napier. That the tradition in India was to burn widows when the man died. And he said, by all means, keep on with your traditions. That's what this guy said to that board. Your traditions, you're a bunch of child rapists. And here's that's your tradition. My tradition, we put people like you in jail. Mic drop, I'm out. Test me on this. I win, you lose. It, man, songs will be sung. Statues will be built. This is the guy who you follow to victory. Unfortunately, uh, too many people in positions of, of power sent there by us 
in, in a lot of cases, but in a lot of cases appointed by people sent there by us, resemble not the uh, Ohio, the Hudson, Ohio mayor who walks into that room like a boss. Uh, sadly, all too many, too many of them resemble uh, Christy Noam. If Joe Biden has this power, or if I have this power, then so does Joe Biden, and we can't, it's not constitutional. Uh, I know, I know. They're pointing a gun at your head, but it, it, but that's not constitutional. We'll take it to court. Even if they pull the trigger, we'll still take it to court. We'll, we'll remember <laughs> you after we take it. Too many people resemble Christy Noam, which is what we're going to be talking about in the overtime. I know you already already mentioned that, Steve, but that's that's how we got, got into this. Because, quite frankly, there are not enough people like that Ohio mayor. Just regular people, not necessarily in a, in a position of power, that demand that of, of the people they put in power. There's too many people, men too, who resemble Christy Noem than they do that Ohio. I, don't, I have no idea how large Hudson is. I haven't even looked. Um, but there, there, there's, just, there's just not enough. There's not enough of those types of people. But when you do get, the, get a glimpse of that, that should be encouraging to, hey, that dude can go in there, pretty soft-spoken. Um, you know what? I, I can at least hold my people accountable as well. That should be an encouragement. Let me give you some other encouragement, a little bit off the grid, if you guys don't mind, because this story just uh, came about, Aaron, after you finished your montage. But on the ongoing vaccine mandate uh, battle, and and we, we told you earlier this week, we have to win, we believe. We've got to win the, the argument over natural immunity in order to successfully beat this back. Our friend of the program, Andrew Boston, uh, Dr. Andrew Boston, he's an MD, by the way. He's also an epidemiologist researcher at Brown University. Uh, an hour ago, he published data from the Rhode Island Health System. And here's what it found. Um, those who had a recovery from a private COVID infection otherwise known as natural immunity, were 6.8 times less likely to be hospitalized regardless of COVID vaccination status. Regardless of COVID vaccination status. Meanwhile, the university he works for is in utter stupid lockdown status as we speak. Yes, which is why I'd be very thankful that he has a platform like that to tell us information like this, given the absolute crazies he's unevenly, he's unevenly yoked with. You're correct about did, that. Did he blink out the results with his eyelids or something as an <laughs> SOS? No, he actually posted it on Twitter with the graphics from ah. the data from the Rhode Island uh, Institute of Health. And this is from July and August, by the way, folks. So, you know, I told you yesterday, the cumulative data on vaccine performance that states, today someone sent me a link, Pennsylvania just trotted this out yesterday after the show. They're the newest state to try it out with their cumulative vaccine performance versus unvaccinated. The cumulative stuff doesn't matter. Nobody, not even the anti-vaxxer Todd would have argued with vaccine efficacy against the original variants through probably about June or the first of June. It's the Delta trend that we're concerned about because that's what's a company, we weren't debating vaccine mandates, by the way, in April and May. when the vaccines were performing very well, we're debating them now when the vaccines aren't performing as well. That's not, by the way, how the trend line, we should have actually been debating it when the trend line was good, not when it's bad. That should further make you suspicious. And one more thing, 
this enough with Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, politicians, the White House, the NIH, the big pharma industrial complex, enough with the lying about natural immunity until folks, we have survived as a species because of this. We've only had even crude forms of vaccinations for a couple hundred years as a species. We have survived bubonic plagues, all kinds of plagues for thousands of years because of the preeminence of natural immunity. Until they stop lying about it, they should not be trusted on any front, any front at all. Preach. And they should be maximum resistance against anything they say or suggest because it's all based on a throne of lies and not the funny elf variety, but the soul-crushing, ball-crushing kind. Made the mayor that went into that Hudson School District be your spirit animal. That's what you just heard from Steve right there. Unacceptable. This is how you need to treat the so-called experts on health care right now. Here in our own backyard, another judge decided to say, nope, you really can mask everybody in our largest school district race to put masks on everybody again. And they said they're going to treat kids and families that resist as, uh, as um, uh, behavioral issues. Are you going to take that, parents? I don't care how liberal you are in Des Moines. Are you really going to take that? This is only going to end yep. when we make it end, and not a moment sooner. And again, I'm, I'm sorry, that should not be the case. It's not you and I's fault, but it is now our charge, our cause, our responsibility, and our children and grandchildren are relying on us to step up to the plate. The answer? The answer is us. You know, we've been talking about rough greens on the show here for quite a while. Uh, it's the powder you sprinkle over your dog's food. It's so simple, but with that one simple act, you are giving your pet the supplement that it needs in its diet, like we take so many supplements these days as humans for the same reasons, because a lot of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, et cetera, are stripped out of our people foods for mass distribution and consumption. That's why we spend so much money on supplements these days. Well, the same thing happens to your pet's food as well, and that's why you want to check out Rough Greens. Now, you might be asking yourself, though, how do I know my dog is going to like it? Well, one way to find out, the first bag is for free. All you pay is the shipping when you go to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F -F for roughgreens.com. We'll give you the first bag on us. You pay for the shipping, and then you can find out uh, whether or not you don't see uh, a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. Again, go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F -F is how it is spelled. Roughgreens.com, or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. For roughgreens.com, 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's bring in our old friend, Jordan Schachtel. Good to see you again, brother. How you been? Hey, doing well. How you doing? So, Jordan, I was just messing around yesterday with my Alexa and decided, Alexa, what does treason look like? And lo and behold, the name General Mark Milley came up. I thought that was kind of odd and bizarre. And, uh, and then I saw a scoop. Uh, that uh, came out shortly thereafter that absolutely looks like a pretty clear example of treason to me, Jordan. Get, can you give us the details? 
Yeah, so Mark Milley apparently called his Chinese counterpart without informing the chain of command to tell them that everything was fine, everything was stable. It was very strange. And he also went around, so he's the Joint Chiefs Chairman appointed by President Trump, went around President Trump to talk to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer about the nuclear codes. We're still not really sure what the heck happened there. Very strange stuff. But he assured everyone, his counterparts in Europe and China, that the U.S. government was stable and safe. And my interpretation of that was a little worse than treason, actually. I think treason is only when you betray your country. But I think a lot of people should be talking about the possibility that the president was stripped of his authority in the last weeks of his tenure as commander in chief, which would account, which would amount to something resembling a coup, not necessarily, uh, I guess, treasonous behavior, of course, is involved. But it seemed like it was even worse. It seemed like the military um, took the president's power uh, as a civilian ca commander of the military out of his hands. I just want to make sure I'm understanding the chain of events here in America recently correctly, Jordan. By all means, please correct me if I'm wrong. But after two years of being accused of Russian collusion, we actually found out that the Bidens were actually guilty of both Ukrainian and Chinese collusion. Uh, and then after being accused of a, a mass coup on January 6th because a dude in a Minnesota Vikings uh, uh, mascot helmet sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair and a 110-pound weaponless veteran uh, crashed through a door uh, and was shot and killed in cold blood. That was a coup, and it turns out that it was actually our own Pentagon brass that was engaged in an active coup that they were accusing the uh, the January 6th, quote-unquote, plotters of. Do, do I have the chain of events here recently in America? Do I have that pegged correctly, Jordan? It sure seems like it. I mean, that's my interpretation of this, uh, you know, this latest uh, transcription from the Woodward and Costa book. Um, Millie has interestingly not said a word for two days, so we don't know exactly uh, where the Pentagon is on this, except for a statement that they issued on background to, I think, Jennifer Griffin of Fox News, who's basically like a Pentagon stenographer. Seems like a nice lady, but you know she's totally in the tank for the institutions. And the Pentagon just said, you know, we investigated ourselves and found that the Millie didn't do anything wrong; that he was just uh, informing his, um, you know, fellow officers that uh, you know th this is the protocol for for Let launching us. a strike. It didn't really make any sense to me. Jordan, you don't sound confident in America's institutions investigating themselves after the last few years. You, you seem a, a tad dubious of that prospect. Yeah, it's getting to a very weird point in American society where there used to be some semblance of, you know, Congress wanting to kind of like keep order in the executive branch, but apparently not anymore. I, I was watching... Um, the, these hearings yesterday, and the our entire Congress was talking about Afghanistan. <laughs> and, you know, you have this COVID fascism, you have the possibility that um, the, the Pentagon had essentially taken control of the government for the last few weeks of President Trump's tenure. They don't really seem to care. You know, there's, there's a few people that seem to care, like, uh, you know, like a Thomas Massey or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's been maligned because you know she's actually doing things uh it, it's a very very disturbing there's like no checks and balances anymore and it seems that you know our federal bureaucracy and you know this uniparty in dc 
just um, doesn't play by any rules and they don't care. They don't, they're not held accountable at all anymore. So um, in terms of solutions for this problem, that's going to require a lot of um, thoughts and actions and coalition building on our side of the fence, because we really have no representation in, in our government anymore. It seems like you know the voting process, uh, regardless of if you think it's rigged or not, seems to just be a joke because you know, we saw with President Trump, this like anti-establishment guy just got totally rolled over. So, you know, what's the game plan for the midterms for the next four years? It's just very unclear when you have these institutions that that don't care about our constitutional process at all. Well, I mean, clearly the answer is you save the country by handing the Congress over to Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> who, of course, put it in this predicament by handing the Congress over to Democrats in the first place. I mean, I, I, that's that's clearly the solution here. I mean, that's we just keep voting ourselves out of this by voting for the people that put us into this, Jordan. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize who aren't like super tuned in that Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are are part of the problem, and they authorize all this nonsense. And they've they're well aware of what's going on in D.C. and they just don't care. Um, they they're they prefer to be in charge. That's what they care about. So even if our institutions are rotting down to the ground. As long as Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy can call the shots, they don't care. I mean, they're a huge part of the COVID fascism problem. Uh, they, they hate the idea of an anti-establishment candidate uh, intruding Washington, D.C. again, that simply voting for Republicans. Uh, you know, I used to be OK with this argument when I was 20 years old and uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain were running, whatever. But it, it's clearly not the solution. Uh, it's just... You know, ridiculous to think that if we win the, you know, w one body of Congress or, or both bodies of Congress in November, that anything's going to change. I mean, the, 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 our institutions are so laughably corrupt and ridiculous that um, we just need other solutions. This is this even the first time they've done this, right? Didn't they essentially say that they would not honor um, the attempt if Trump wanted to order the military into? Uh, the occupied zone of Chaz in Seattle last year, or to quell uprisings, the violent uprisings that were, you know, otherwise peaceful protests in our cities. And and then there is the infamous moment when Trump's like, you know, we can't really have soldiers who, um, uh, you know, want to have drag parades. So let's get rid of that because we need uh, badasses, not the light and the loafers brigade. And they just totally ignored that order. It just didn't enforce it, didn't implement it, just said, and hey, this is like a glorified blog. We don't care. I mean, this, this actually... This isn't really even an isolated incident, is it? Which makes this entirely, I think, believable because it's just kind of the culmination of an attitude that we saw for four years. Yeah, the, the Trump presidency started, even before it started, the FBI was, uh, you know, acting in its own capacity to try to sabotage uh, President Trump's election and his tenure and his mandate. And the Pentagon a lot of Republicans seem to blindly want to continue to fund the military, give them hundreds of billions of dollars. But by funding this institution, you're also funding this corrupt bureaucracy that seems to not want to listen to its commander in chief, unless its commander in chief is part of this like uniparty system. So I think a lot of people on the right need to do some hard thinking about how we want to approach these uh, so-called defense institutions into the future because I think they badly expose themselves. I, our, our general class is laughable. They're a bunch of politicians that don't seem to care about the fact that you know we have duly elected presidents that have a mandate delivered to them from the people 
And I mean, who knows even what if they're what they're doing with the Biden administration today, because you have this, you know, dementia guy in, mm-hmm. in charge. And who knows, like what elements of the Pentagon are just doing whatever they want to do. And um, it, it's just Mark Milley, especially, you know, this man was not elected. He was he was appointed into into his position. So the idea that he's going around you know, calling China, calling the Europeans and telling them, oh, we're, we're handling this. Like, what authority does he have to do that? Uh, and again, at the very least, this man committed a horrible form of treason, going to our uh, number one adversary and telling them that, you know, we're taking our first strike capacity off the table. And I'm going to tell you if, if we're invading. I mean, it's just so absurd and ridiculous. And a lot of people, I think, uh, forgot that China's been ratcheting up pressure on Taiwan and the, the timeline of Millie's phone call, almost right afterwards, China started yeah. getting very aggressive with its rhetoric. And you have to remember that also Millie's phone call happened, um, you know, during this COVID insanity stuff too. So it's just, um, you'd hope that he's held accountable. I'm not optimistic that he's going to be held accountable, but it goes to show at least for people that are on the fence about the legitimacy of our institutions in DC, that they're at least seeing this for what it is. Yeah, there's a video going around. I just shared it on Twitter from 2015, a C-SPAN forum, where he was back back then. He was just chief of staff of the army, not the entire Joint Chiefs, uh, and he you know went on a rant about China not being an enemy. Well, I mean, I can understand why you don't think China's an enemy if you yourself are really a de facto Chinese operative, uh, as he uh, uh, behaved here, according to the upcoming Woodward book. Uh, what is the penalty for treason, by the way, Jordan? Actually, I just, it's promotion. Actually, I think I think the odds yeah. of Mark Milley being the 2024 Democrat nominee for president, I think, have have skyrocketed. In fact, I could see maybe a Mark Milley, Mitt Romney unity ticket. Your thoughts, Jordan? It, yeah, it's been so disturbing to watch the other side, the left, not even the left, like the, the people who support this like institutional uniparty in D.C., like if you turn into CNN or or mm-hmm. read a Washington Post and New York just, Times. Just regime narrative, regime sponsored, regime narrative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're applauding what Mark Milley did and even acknowledging they, they won't acknowledge it in, in plain English, but they're accepting the premise of, you know, a, a Milley launched coup against Trump because he's this bad orange crazy man, even though, you know, Trump's foreign policy record is is clear that he he's, he was a non-interventionist. Uh, through and through. So the whole like, he's crazy, he's going to nuke people never even made any sense. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been very revealing. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that he'll people are, are, are joking themselves that they think they'll get anything worse than a resignation. It's similar to the whole, you know, when the FBI launched the coup against Trump administration. If you look at the record, there was all these like, you know, pretend investigations, and we're still waiting on Durham. There isn't going to be any count Durham time. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I like that. You got totally scammed by that one. Yes, no doubt. Jordan, how can how can folks uh, find out what you're doing nowadays and stay up to date with the outstanding work you're, you're doing? Yeah, so you can go to uh, dossier.substack.com. That's my publication. Also have a podcast launch from there. And I'm um, going to be doing some exciting stuff soon with a new platform, but I can't announce it yet. But... Yes, Steve. Thanks for always for uh, having me on. Always good to see you, brother. Take care. God bless. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Todd and Aaron, you were watching and tuning in back there uh, in the main studio. Your thoughts and the conversation that Jordan and I just had. Somebody 
online today said something about the theater of, of the absurd that we live in. Like we don't, we've been so numbed. We don't even have the ability to react appropriately to something even as preposterous as this. Because let's, Trump was impeached for a phone call, uh, elected a civil servant to elected civil servant talking about a level of prid quo quo prid quid pro quo, which is the definition of statecraft in terms of treaties and things like that, and that's why we put it in in the hands of uh, civil officials that are elected. But he was impeached for that. Here, we have quid pro quo with people who aren't elected. Who are, who are usurping the authority of elected officials and doing so at the highest threat level possible when the weapons fly or not. I, and, and, and Jordan, to his point, because we don't understand the dynamics of the game, who rules us, why they should rule us, anything whatsoever, any one plus one equals two, we don't understand it anymore. The best we can hope for when a coup attempt basically happened is maybe a, maybe a resignation. I said it yesterday. You have no country anymore. You just happen to live in the same borders when this country was founded. But you don't have a country if you do not get the math of this. Hmm. One of the one of the episodes that we ran while I was out on paternity leave um, was on. It was Lee Smith's piece over a tablet magazine, "The Thirty Tyrants," and my goodness, will that make you sick? To your stomach. Hmm. The, the, the central point of all of that is our nation's elite, whether it's in military, private consulting, or corporate uh, corporations, completely and totally bought off with Chinese money. And it's a lot more complicated than that, but that's, that's the bottom line. It's a long, long essay. The reason why the best you can actually hope for when treason and a coup are committed at the highest levels, and you'll remember there were stories, and maybe Jordan just mentioned that, I don't recall, but there were stories, uh, um, rumors, if you will, about uh, the, 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 the nuclear football, the nuclear codes being taken away from Trump. I thought that was just rumors. That was just some sort of uh, jerk fest, basically, uh, amongst resistance Twitter. Maybe that actually had some legs now. The reason why the best you can actually hope for when this type of usurpation of your authority happens is because everybody who would actually carry out that accountability is just like resistance. They, they agree with the premise. They agree mm-hmm. with the premise. They think he did the right thing. And I'm talking from your elected representatives to the deep state to basically probably uh, maybe all the judges, maybe two-thirds of the judges Trump appointed. Everybody is in on this. Everybody is waving the Chinese flag to some degree right now. Amen, unfortunately. Hour two, buy, sell, or hold is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Aaron McIntyre. He is Todd Erzin. And then you are you. 
Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also find us and like us on Facebook, where you will be lied to if you follow me there. If you like lies, uh, then by all means, uh, look at our hashtag Facebook approved takes on Facebook, where we will lie to you. Uh, and and enjoy doing so, because that's what Facebook wants me to do, is lie to you. Uh, but if you want to know what I really think, uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show, or look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Just look for my name there. And then finally, look for clips of the show that you can watch for free, which are also free of censorship, when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well, D-E-A-C-E. Thanks again to those of you that listen to the podcast, particularly those that left us five-star reviews and hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice because you have played a big role in the growth of this show. Please keep doing that. If you have yet to do so, we would love to add you to the list. Thanks to all of you that have done that already. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold brought to you by BrickHouse. You know, we hear a lot of talk about variants, masks, and vaccines these days, but very little about, you know, like a healthy lifestyle. Like I've got my family right now. I've given them the warning. We're heading into cold and flu season here in the Midwest here in the next couple of months. So start doubling your intake on that vitamin D. Overwhelmingly, the amount of people hospitalized with COVID had two things in common, vitamin D deficiency and obesity. Okay, so uh, I've got my family pounding the vitamin D right now. And I also use every morning, first thing I use Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens because it has real USDA organic fruits and vegetables that are packed with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, the kind of stuff that supports heart health, good blood pressure, digestion, immune health, and more. Packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, taking Field of Greens is easy. Just put one scoop in any water-based drink, stir it up, and you are done. And hey, they've added new flavors as well that taste great. So if you want to give it a shot today, 15% off of your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout. Again, the promo code Steve at checkout will get you 15% off your first order when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com and use the promo code Steve. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. This is each week, Aaron. No topic is off limits. It just may be really dumb. Aaron, with a lot of help from you in the audience, will put forth to you and me, Todd, this could be a list, a, a question, a prediction. You and I will decide, are we going to buy it? Are we going to sell it? Maybe even with a good reason uh, for why we made this decision. And, and if you use your hold for anything other than, wow, um, um, uh, I've got to, uh, this is so lame, I, I can't even bring myself to answer this. If you use your hold for any reason other than that, then you have to go and serve the measles-infected <clears throat> refugees and their child brides for a week. I'm not in a holding mood, period. So you could have, Lindsey no. Graham, me, you could have done anything there. There will be no holds. See, I, I kind of thought we should get off Lindsey Graham. All right, Aaron, you're up. Go ahead. Ooh, mercy. Uh, we'll start with Gaston Mooney, who uh, says, The bees, wasps, hornets, and intelligence agency micro-drones disguised as flying insects will be gone after Wednesday. <laughs> For people that don't know, um, Gaston is one of our chief mucky mucks here at Blaze TV. So I thought that was uh, uh, very, very clever. 
And you guys have not seen anything so far today, correct? Nope. Just waiting for you to come Nothing. in here. Yeah, apparently. So I'm just I've decided I'm giving it to the end of the week and then I'll try it again on Monday. They they I, I know they've they're really working hard. I'm not see, here's what gets me upset. I, I don't get upset, you know, when when my kids don't get a good grade. I get upset when I know my kids are good at something and they didn't apply themselves. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's the fact that we went how many weeks and months with like little or no response from the building management here. And now we're getting regular response. And 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 yeah, you know, we, we still haven't solved the problem. But have you guys seen me like lose my poo or anything the last few days? Am I like all up in everybody's grill about this like I was last week? No, no. Even though we still don't have the problem solved. What's changed? People are trying. Show me we're trying stuff. We're, there's effort here. You know, in the end, we, you know, we, I understand we live in an imperfect world. I get that, you know. Um, but can we at least try? So I'm, I'm very satisfied with the response we're getting and the attempts to clean this up we're getting. It's taken longer than I would like and probably the audience would like and I know longer than Gaston would like. But at least I feel like, you know, we're, we're making, we're, we're rowing the boat. Uh, <laughs> we're making progress. All right. So it's, it's, I don't know about Wednesday, but I'm hoping by Monday. Next up, we have Will Kane's hair, who says top 10 acoustic <laughs> guitar intros of all time. Will uh, Kane has great hair, by the way. And it's only a list that goes to six, not ten. Okay. So I'm not I love really this. sure That's great. about that. Yes. Uh, we'll start with number six, Over the Hills and Far Away by Led Zeppelin. That's the one, right? Yes, I'm fine with that one. You bet. Yep, I'm good. Next, number five, More Than a Feeling, Boston. Everybody knows that song, so absolutely, I'm fine with it. You bet. Is that acoustic? Yeah, the beginning of that song is acoustic. Yeah, the, the opening of the song okay. is acoustic, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I had to think about that for a little bit, too. Uh, number four, Norwegian Wood by the Beatles. I, 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 it probably belongs in this list, but I'm going to sell because I can see that the list is lacking what I think absolutely a song that should be on this list. I'll get to here, here in a minute, so I'm going to sell on that one. Uh, what about you, Todd? <sighs> well... Norwegian I wood. I don't think of acoustic guitar when it comes to the Beatles. And perhaps Blackbird. I perhaps I should, but I'll sell just for the heck of it. Uh number three, Angie, the Rolling Stones. Angie! Angie! Uh, I'll sell. Yeah, I gotta sell on that one too. Yeah. Uh number two, Hotel California, the Eagles. Now, if this isn't yeah. number one, a lot of people are gonna be like, what in the world is number one? So clearly this is this is exceedingly uh, famous as an acoustic guitar song. So you bet. Yeah. One of the greatest rock songs ever. I'll buy the rest of this list while we're there. Yeah. Uh, number one, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And, and that's the only thing that probably would anybody would consider uh, putting ahead of, uh, of Hotel California in this or any other category. I mean, these are, you know, these top two songs are considered by many two of the greatest rock songs of all time, regardless of instrumentation. So obviously I agree with the buy there. But it's it's you're missing REO Speedwagon's time for time for me to fly, uh, which is one of the absolute greatest acoustic guitar songs of all time. It's their best song, so uh, that had to be on this list. Next up, we'll go to Jackson Charles, who says Kevin McCarthy will not become Speaker of the House next year. Sell. 
I'll, I'll buy. I mean, c come on, folks. Come on. Something's well, got to change. Will not? What's that? You're going to buy that he won't be speaker next yeah, year. Yeah, you're. of course you're right. I'm not even, I, I just, something's got to change. We, Something's got to change. Well, here's the only way he won't be. And our friend, our friend who is the expert on all things California, Constantinus Roditis, alerted me to this this morning. Remember that the GOP picked up four surprising seats in California in 2020. And, I mean, he said, looking at these numbers, he said, looking at the California recall numbers, that when when the when the see the Democratic machine was asleep in 2020, they they you know Trump wasn't contesting the state. They knew they could just show up and win, and that they basically just got kind of ambushed, you know, like a college football team in a letdown spot, taking a you know an opponent for granted. That's kind of a plucky little opponent, you know, like a few swing districts in in California, like Kent State, who has got a good quarterback and a good offensive system, playing your Hawkeyes this weekend. Okay, you catch somebody in a letdown spot, and you know a plucky little opponent catches you napping and pulls your pants down a little bit. He's like, that won't happen in 2022. In this recall, they showed you what they are capable of when they ratchet up the entire machine and look what happened. And he goes, I, I really think that, you know, the GOP should consider you're going to have to uh, come up with four more seats. Uh, you're going to lose all four of those. So you have to at least three of them. You have to come up with a few extra seats you got to win in order to retake the House. I agree with that analysis based on uh, the what we saw from the recall last night. So. That's the only way that I think Kevin McCarthy, that or death, will not be House Speaker after the next election. Next up, we'll go to Left Behind by Biden, who says, this is kind of interesting. The level of quarterback play in the NFL right now is on another level compared to any point in history. So I'll buy. Uh, I think that's an easy buy. And then I'll give mm -hmm. you my answer, Todd, and I'll give you the final word, okay? Um, and I'm, I'm not even saying I think it's an easy buy per se because— we're in an era where you have Roger Staubach, Fran Tarkenton, Terry Bradshaw, um, Dan Faust. Um, who could I also name from that era? Uh, Kenny Stabler, um, Bob Greasy. It, we, we may not even have a collection of quarterbacks that on, an, on a one-on-one -on -one or cross-reference basis as good as that group. But the, the combined skill level of, those, of the players we have now with the rules of the game. I mean, you could prison assault guys back in the day, like literally soap on a rope players. And everybody's like, wrecked him, barely knew him. Okay. Nowadays, you know, after five yards, I mean, you look at a receiver funny and it's a spot foul that, you know, pass interference, it could be a 30, 40, 50 yard penalty. I think we, so I think it's the combination of the skill set with the rules that absolutely make it, and all the statistics and passing numbers all bear this out, that absolutely this is the highest productivity and efficiency level from the quarterback position in the history of the NFL. That's, that's, why, I, that's why I said bye. I equate this to um, launch angle in baseball and home runs uh, going up. And, and I, but does that mean suddenly we have the best home run hitters ever, the best hitters ever. Uh, no, I, I think things like this, ultimate, the, it's the new hotness kind of stuff, ultimately does nothing um, but do a disservice to the greatness of the past, which is, you know, a very progressive thing in general. It's what we believe. It always has to be better what we're doing now. Most things we're doing now are worse. 
And so I just don't. It's, I mean, there's great quarterbacks now. Of course there are, but it's is this unparalleled? Uh, no, we just we throw a lot more now. That's what we do. So let me look this up really quick. I, I want to make sure this is true, but I think that Joe Namath actually had more career interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, I want to I want to verify this. All right, so I'm looking at his career numbers right now, and what do we have? It's 173 passing touchdowns, 220 interceptions. Yeah, so it's not even freaking close. All right, so you, this is one of the iconic quarterbacks in NFL history. And he threw 47 more interceptions in his career than he did touchdowns. So here's the question, and, and this isn't a, it's not a trap question for you, Todd. I'm, I'm, genu- I, I'm, I'm considering this in, in real time after hearing your point. If Joe Namath in his prime could play with the rules today, would he be Aaron Rodgers, do you think? Well, Joe Namath is iconic, and he is, but for not because of his stats. He's iconic for one game. That's why he's right. iconic. So um, I I think it's more, are we talking Johnny Unitas he, of that era? Yeah. Johnny Unitas. All right, let me, so if you don't want to go to the Aaron Rodgers card, maybe that hits a little too close to home for you. Okay. Let's no, I, go more modestly. So here's a guy that played for my team for 12 years, just got traded to the Rams. Mm-hmm. And even though he hasn't accomplished anything significantly, he is putting together the sort of stat profile for a career that puts you in the Hall of Fame. That's Matt Stafford. All right. If Joe Namath played in today's game and today's rules, could he put up Matthew Stafford numbers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then all right, because I think that's that that really goes to the point you're trying to make if you think that. Because to me, you can't think what you just said and then not also think you know, A leads to B. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For you to say what you're saying, then that means you also think, you know, that that Terry Bradshaw to put up in a few for a few seasons yeah. very good numbers yeah. for that era. So you kind of think that a Bradshaw, therefore, could put up kind of Aaron Rodgers kind of numbers. Troy Aikman, who played, you know, before we changed the pass interference rules, another Hall of Famer. Could he put up you know, when we were kids, we never drafted Troy Aikman in fantasy football because he didn't put up great numbers. Would Troy Aikman be like a first, you know, quarterback drafted uh, in fantasy if he played today, do you think, kind of player? That's a great point. And, of course, he he would have to be on a different team that didn't have Emmett Smith on that line where you right. needed to do that sort of thing. But I know this th- – I think of this along these lines, and I know you'll love this because you've seen way more of these. The NFL films, like, greatest team of all time. Now, mm-hmm. of course, if you lined up – the 1960s somebody pick packer you know just in terms of raw athleticism pound for pound the the, the guys playing now yeah bigger faster stronger uh, but that that's happening on every level it's happening college and pro so but they aren't the people we've been waiting for there's just been that evolution in things so i'm trying to compare you know is is the greatest team ever the 66 packers or is it the 2015 new england patriots uh if they line up against each other if you could do that thing the time uh warp it's probably most teams from the current era but does that mean they're the greatest team of all time? I know. I think the context is very important. Okay. 
Next up, we'll go to James Doulis, who says Disney will make the same mistake with Marvel that was made with the Indiana Jones series. They'll abandon all inherently Christian themes, see Iron Man laying down his life for the occult, see Scarlet Witch. Uh, I will, I'm, I'm going to sell on that. Um, and remember, they had, first of all, Indiana Jones abandoned Christian themes in the very, in the second movie, Temple of Doom. And then they kind of went back to that card with the third one. And then they abandoned it with um, the the one that came years later, the Crystal Skulls one, which is basically the Eric Von Donegan History Channel alien, ancient aliens premise. So it's, it's not like there was a concurrent list of Christian themology throughout the entire Indiana Jones series that they just abandoned at the end. I mean, the very next movie abandoned it and went to more of, uh, you know, an Eastern occult mysticism sort of worldview. That's, so I think you're overly romanticizing the Indiana Jones series first. And then on the second front, I mean, this Scarlet Witch and all these things are foundational to the Marvel mythos. So they wouldn't be abandoning anything. They, they would actually just be being true to the subject matter. Uh, it's, it, they, they, I mean, there's a lot of transcendent subject matter within Marvel mythology, but it certainly is not all Judeo-Christian in origin or nature. So I'm, going, I'm just going to sell. I don't agree with the premise of either side of the equation on this one. Yeah, I'm selling as well. Uh, whether it's, you know, we could be talking about Harry Potter and the crap uh, Aaron gets about, about what do you... Why do you dabble in the occult, Aaron? Yeah, that's what he's doing. It's, there's a, the magic of it all is n- is not inherently occult. It can go in that direction, but that's if you make it into an idol on some level. Otherwise, I mean, listen, as Christians here, there's a, I'm using this loosely, but listen, we, we believe in another realm filled with angels you know that there's a magical sensibility about our own faith that's undeniable and quite enticing quite frankly um so it's it i it could go that way i would any of us be shocked if it did right now no but i the greatest stories ever told just keep steve's asked this question over and over and over again do they realize what they're doing because and at some point you just can't get you can't you can't not tell these stories and have great stories it's just as simple as that and so this is where god has baked stuff into the cake thank and thank god uh that he does where we just we apparently as hard as we try we can't screw this up because if we want to tell a good story we have to tell his story whether we know it or not well said well said Next up, uh, Kuzo Wachi says the reports of Millie's treachery will escalate to be the administration's needed scapegoat for Afghanistan. Sell. Uh, um, in, 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 in the traditional political Venn diagram we've had in this country for decades, that is the sort of realpolitik triangulation you would have seen from like a Bill Clinton, for example, you know, bombing in a, an aspirin factory when I'm being impeached. But we're not in that era anymore. In fact, that looks like the salad days now. We're, we're, we're in, 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 you, have, you have the exact opposite. Uh, Mark Milley is now the only white male who has any shot of being the 2024 Democrat presidential nominee. There it is. Yeah, but the exact opposite. And I'm not, I'm, not, that's, I'm not joking. That's not tongue-in-cheek. No. 
I know you saw um, it on Twitter, Steve, because I saw it too. The president already came out, already came out and supported him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he. This is mission accomplished kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I, I think that, and 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 I have to recalibrate myself sometimes. Okay. And this is why I kept, you know, I. This is why I think. What was the point we argued about for a long time? Um, that oh, it was it was Cuomo that wouldn't survive. And because you, I think you guys thought that I was going back and reverting back to believing in traditional political rules of engagement. And I, I was trying to explain to you, no, I'm completely cynical. Actually, I'm, I've given all that up. This is, a, in fact, that's not even that's that's cynical. The traditional political rules of engagement are cynicism. We're dealing with nihilism now. So Cuomo was gotten rid of just nihilistically because he's a white male. I mean, if Cuomo was black or female or Hispanic or gay, I, I mean, he could have just he could have grabbed a chick's nipples right on camera. He could have he could have he could have pierced their nipples himself during a press conference, and everybody'd be like, "Well, you know, that's the greatest nipple piercing I've ever seen." So it, it, it was I was actually thinking he was gone simply because other people wanted his job, and he was just uh, there was he had he had no usefulness to them. He's just first of all, as a white male, he's a point of diminishing returns, and then you throw in all this baggage, and now there's all kinds of people that represent their intersectionality Olympics that are like, why am yeah. I not uh, you know why am I not taking his position? In this, so I I I think we just need to understand that. We're not dealing with traditional rules of engagement here. We're not even dealing with the symbiotic nature of a duopoly between Democrats and Republicans. The the, the laws of hell. Yeah. The subject the 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 way hell in, the way hell um, enforces its code is what is what is being done now. I mean, prisons have more honor. Okay, prison culture does. There was more honor between Schillinger and Adebisi on Oz than the era in which we are embarking upon now. And so the better the treachery, the darker the betrayal, the more dishonest the gaslighting, the more you will actually be rewarded. And I just think everybody needs to embrace that. And uh, I think to connect the last two buy-sell holds, uh, you have far less to worry about, and it, it is less likely that the Scarlet Witch will dabble in the occult than it is that Millie is currently dabbling in the occult. You can Preach. take that to the bank. <laughs> Preach right there. We should almost, can we end the show just to let that thought kind of linger in the air and waft for a while? Because that is a friggin' homily right that's, there, brother. That's excellent. You know that scene in, uh, see, I know you love the movie, Steve, uh, in um, JFK, when they when they show um, the former uh, CIA director, who, um, J. Edgar Hoover, dancing mm-hmm. and prancing around in drag? Yes. I, I, that... I think that's what I think about when I think of Millie and this nonsense. I mean, there's just what he said, trying to understand white rage, why he's the guy who's, uh, when you mentioned earlier today with Jordan, just taking Mm -hmm. a pass on what Trump wanted to do in transgenderism. Man, I think this guy is just all kinds of lost. By the way, breaking news just a few minutes ago, General Milley spokesman Colonel David Butler confirms call to China, but states they were, quote, in keeping with his duties and conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. Yes, I ordered the code red. That's exactly what it is. Yikes. We'll move on. Next one is from Jar Jar McGeddon. I'm sorry, Steve, you cut out there for a little bit, so I just moved on. That's all right. My bad. We'll go to Jar Jar Mageddon next, who has the top 10 most likely dystopias to which the United States is headed in uh, movie form. We'll start with number 10, Planet (laughs) of the Apes. Uh, (laughs) I love this. This is fantastic. 
I, I will sell yeah, on. I love, the, I love the thread, but I, I got to sell on that one. Yes, okay. me too. Uh, number nine, The Running Man. Bye. I will buy that. Can I replace number 10? Logan's Run. Replace Planet of the Apes with Logan's Run. That's what I would do on number 10. I'm, uh, I'm with number nine. Total buy. Gotcha. Number eight, Blade Runner. Buy. I could buy that. Yep. Number seven, World War Z. Buy. I'm just I'm just zombied out, guys. I got to sell on principle. I'm I'm beyond zombied out. Sell. Number six, Twelve Monkeys. Buy. One of the absolute most underrated yes. films of the 1990s. It's freaking genius. Buy. Yep. Uh, number five, The Purge. Buy. Uh, uh, hard buy. You bet. Yep. Number four, Escape from New York. Buy. Uh, I have to sell. We should be there, right? I mean, I, can I stop for just a second and say this? The AP has a. I, I want to say I'm very thankful. Sixty-nine-year-old Larry Elder stepped into the in front of a freight train, into the breach, and and gave it his all to try to make one last attempt to save his native state, and to give people concerned about his native state something else to vote for other than a former uh, Olympic great who has succumbed in his 70s to mental illness and was the um, the postcard figurehead for a grift campaign. That being said, though, there's an article today in the AP that says, you know, well, it's now Larry Elder's GOP, so what's the future? There is no future. Elder is 69. There's no future. There's no future in that state. That state is gone. Barring miraculous revival that will have no, will not occur and be in no way connected to the political process, it is gone, gone, gone faster than you can say Tyre, Sidon, and 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 Philistine, gone. Wait, wasting energy on it. I would tell anybody. I told a friend of mine who was thinking of investing politically in it just the other day. Don't. Any, it, we should not be. And uh, Steve Hilton's done some great work for Fox News. He's out there tweeting about the California rebel base. If you were right here, I'd tell him to your face. I wouldn't donate five seconds to that of my time. I wouldn't give the I wouldn't give the coins. I wouldn't give the coins that 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 have fallen onto the floor of floorboards of my vehicle. I wouldn't donate those. Waste, 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 waste of time. There is no future. We don't have 10, 15, 20 years to take back California. Hell, we don't have 10, 15, 20 months to save our way of life, okay? So that's all a complete and total waste of time. We should be snake plissken right now, escape from New York, and escape from California right now. You know, that's a great point. We're going to have Matthew Peterson on from Claremont Institute to talk about that tomorrow. I thought an interesting—I don't know how much of a counterpoint it was, but Kyle Smith with um, Babylon B, right? Mm-hmm. He actually said today, just a, he lives in California, and I, I think he was just saying, well, to him, it's it's not quite as simple as that because he there's plenty of places in California. He said where they have not been masked, when they have not been gagged, they are fr- as free as you and me in Iowa. They just ignore this stuff. I don't think he was arguing against you, but I think he was trying to provide a level of context. And I'm more on your side, Steve, but since we Mm -hmm. trust this guy and he's an insider, he actually lives there. Briefly, what say you about that? I think if you want to use that to justify not having to relocate your family, you can do that. And I'm okay with that. But I'm looking at it from from the outside holistically. I wouldn't invest any effort on a single congressional seat. Nothing. 
I, 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 it's just a waste of time. And, waste, and therefore, waste, if you're a citizen, waste, waste of time. If that, if if you're a citizen like he is, who legitimately believes in playing a role in the civic dialogue, mm-hmm. I think you have to then ask yourself holistically: Am I? I can be a lot of things. Maybe I can be free, but am I a real citizen? Because by default, you're not. You have no say. I, so I no, do side. I, I do mean, the side with money. It, the, the, the amount of money it takes, even in a red district, to save one California seat, I can probably win almost the entire yeah, Missouri congressional delegation outside of Kansas City with that, or St. Louis. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I mean, I just, from an investment standpoint, it's a complete and total loss leader. Complete. They have some hard right? decisions and, and to I make. I just there. don't see. I, I think it's pointless. It's a if pointless you're a lifelong- exercise. California. I mean, I can. I know you've moved around so much, Steve. Uh, I've lived there. I've lived there. So you. Uh, yeah. So you. It's. But there's a lot of people who have lived in roots in a place their whole lives that are just going to have to look it in the eye and say this. This is lost. Guys, 24 percent of the state is registered Republican, and that's and that's the watered down, awful Republican yeah. Party we have. Yeah. 24 percent. Okay. It's it's a waste. More buy, sell, or hold is. Boy, what if I were to tell you that you could get a delicious snack that hits the sweet spot, satisfies your chocolate craving, and has a myriad of flavors that emulate pretty much all of your favorite candy bars with five or six or seven grams or less of sugar, well under 200 calories, well under and even just a few carbs, net carbs, if you're a carb counter. What, what if I were to tell you this product existed? You would tell me I'm nuts, and you would be right, except in this case, you're wrong. Because it does, and it's called Built Bar. It is the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. No longer do you have to make the choice between healthy eating and good snacking. Just You're seeing if you're watching on Blaze TV right now. Cherry Barcia, the coconut, which tastes just like a Mounds Joy. Cherry Barcia is great. Cookies and cream is too. And that's one of their most favorite or famous uh, flavors. I love mint brownie. That's Those are just the everyday flavors. You can get these every single day with the variety box or just order that particular flavor. And then there's the specialty flavors like chocolate chip cookie dough, coconut almond uh, or coconut brownie chunk and more. You're, I, I promise you, you will not regret this. Use my name, Dace, as your promo code right now to get 15% off your order when you go to built.com for Built Bar. Built.com. B-U-I-L-T for Built.com. You won't regret it. You will thank me later. Built.com. Promo code Dace. Let's get back to part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Aaron. The final three movies on that list of most likely dystopias to which the United States is headed Hunger Games, 1984, and Idiocracy, 3, 2, 1. We're headed to some form of all three of yes. those. Oh, we're, already, we're, we're, at all, we're at all three. Yeah. We, we have a District 1. We have Orwellian govern, governing now. And then we have Idiocracy, like the 55,000-plus people that voted for Bruce Jenner's mental illness to be governor yesterday. Yes. Uh, next up is Ward Isom. General Milley will be working for TikTok by the end of 2021. Uh, or working on his run uh, for the Democratic presidential nomination. So I can buy that, yeah. Sure, bye. Next up, we have Andy W. By the end of the season, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers will be someone not named Aaron Rodgers. 
sell. I think this is a way overreaction. In fact, if you're into handicapping, I'd go out and actually see if I could get better odds on the Packers right now after last week's game. Yeah, so I, sports radio is just exhausting. They, they Of course, the, 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 the ridiculous nonsense that, Air, that has been the Aaron Rodgers soap opera, you know, these switches don't get to just turned on unless you get smacked in the face a lot of time. And and our need to these are the guys who sit there hour after hour and pontificate about all this stuff as if they know anything about life. And they they it, sports radio is the shallowest pool of all. We're doing this right here locally in Iowa, where the guy two weeks ago, the quarterback of Iowa State University, which was going to be the greatest school ever, is now they're talking about, uh, and he's been a starter for now going into his fourth season. Not to, do we need to bench this guy? I mean, we just... We have no perspective on anything in sports radio. So settle down, everybody. I know that's impossible. I'm asking the impossible, but settle down. Or as Aaron Rodgers once said, relax. Yeah. Hey, how did I get the Buccaneers 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl last year? I waited till they fell to 7 and 5, and then I bet them at 12 to 1 because they had the greatest quarterback of all time. See, when we get off the air here, I should have done this a couple days ago. I'm actually going to go see what's happened to the Packers' odds uh, to win the NFC. I'll, I'll probably just I'll probably buy him actually after last week's game. Next up, we have Kent Christian. Saturday was Matt Campbell, that's Iowa State Cyclones head coach, a uh, one good shot at beating Kirk Ferentz, Iowa's head coach, before he moves on to a bigger job. Let me see that again, Aaron. If I could, I'm sorry. I so Saturday was Matt yeah, Campbell's right. one good shot at yeah. beating Kirk Ferentz before he moves on to a bigger job. I uh, I I say bye. I and. I think they were talking about this on local radio, and this is where they were actually got something right. I, I think this is like the greatest loss in Iowa State football history. Thank you. Oh, gosh, no. I oh, yeah. No. It, no. it was I mean, a they, very embarrassing day yeah, for they've that been, entire yeah, yeah. They've been crushed so many times before. That's not but new. To but to lose to your rival. To, it's the just, only time in Iowa State history they have played over a yourself. game where both teams are ranked in the top 10, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was an they, embarrassing the, game. They have they haven't won a conference title since the Titanic. They've had a lot worse losses. Okay, a lot worse. Um, I'm gonna. You know what? It's probably by, but I I actually think the odds of him staying have increased with the Big Big Twelve staying solvent, because, now I don't know. That means they might have gone up from twenty percent to twenty five. So the odds are still that he's gone. But if you're Matt, you 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 like you're making huge money. Your family loves it here. You got an easier path to play off there. Winning that Big 12 than you do going to Penn State or Michigan now. So yep. I think that's those are the kinds of things he thinks about. And that that's the point do when you, it comes to what he should do. Like no one ever considers. But Steve, you're absolutely right about that. Like maybe he's just a, a guy who likes living in the Midwest with his family and isn't just constantly upset. Bill Snyder's a great example. Yeah. Bill Snyder just liked it. Barry Alvarez, your coach, great example. Right. Just like loved Madison, Wisconsin. Just yeah. family loved it, loved the school and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. If the Big 12 remains or becomes an auto bid league or retains its Power 5 uh, status, it will. Oklahoma fans and I think it will as well. Oklahoma fans and Texas fans. I I'm sorry, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you. Uh, I mean, I hope I hope I hope when you're watching Iowa State or yep. Oklahoma State in the playoff and yep. you're seven and five, six and six, Texas. Yep. That's my I hope point. you really enjoyed the three months of pub you got out of this. Yep. Yeah. Andrew Hoffman says the twenty twenty one Iowa Hawkeyes are legitimate contender for the college football playoff. 
Oh, dear God. Aaron, your fan base. Now, here's where just like they can't help themselves. I, and here's where most, most I, I agree, they're not a, they're not a contender, but uh, it's like you throw this out there as, and, yeah, and, and as, it's, as it's it time stands to crap right now, on I Iowa. Would, as it stands right now, I would sell. Yeah. Uh, next up, we go to Kevin Brunig. Since this one is great. Since mail-in voting is so safe and secure, the government should invest in mail-in vaccines where they can send everyone a vaccine, or two, or three. We all give ourselves the shot and send back some paperwork saying we did so. That's one of the best yes. ones we've had this year. Freaking brilliant, Kevin. Brilliant. Bye. I, that, that's, uh, he, he, that was a master class in your book, uh, Steve. Um, Rules yeah, for Patriots right there. Yes. Premise and using it against him. Yes. Yes. Next up, this one is a double-pronged uh, one from two different users. Uh, Tea Party Trucking says, the Antichrist is alive. So we'll take that one separately from the second one. Uh, the second one is from Peggy. Satan has an Antichrist in the wings every generation because, like the rest of us, he doesn't know the time. Let me take the latter one that first, one, do you mind? That, well, okay. that's the most interesting one. That's fascinating. I thought, I, that is interesting. My wife actually read a book a few years ago that had that this was its plot line. That in every generation, the enemy rises up somebody that could potentially be in that position, not knowing the day or the hour of when the moment will occur so that he is prepped and prepared. And um, and if you go, you know, I've talked before, we, one of the movies or the shows we did, the specialty shows, was a list of my all-time favorite movies. And my all-time favorite horror movie is The Omen. And the first Omen, I think, is is the best horror movie of all time. And the second one is really good, too. They actually did do a third one with Damien Grown Up, and it was one of Sam Neill, the actor Sam Neill's very first starting starring roles was as the Grown Up Damien. The movie's really bad, but one of the interesting premises in the film is that there is a group of essentially crusading priests in order of the Catholic priesthood that every generation stays on watch knowing that the enemy has, believing the enemy has groomed someone to be an antichrist in every era. And what this order of priests do is they kind of wait to see uh, who that is and try to take them out. And they, and that's how the film begins, is they try to take Damien out because they see that he's the one for the, for the, the, that he's the sign of the times, basically. So I like that premise. It's not biblically um, affirmed. It does I don't think it's, necessarily heterodoxical either it's just not it, it i think it i think it's possible i'll say that and i think it's interesting so i'll buy but it, it, it's it's no form of confirmed orthodoxy on the first one i can't believe i'm going to say this i would not have even entertained this question a couple of years ago okay bye Yeah, I'll let you buy for the show since your name's on it, and that because that's a heavy lift there, brother. The last one though, I I've always been fascinated by the potential choose your own adventure part of the Bible, where like, and I've mentioned this on the show. It's been a while, and I can't remember the context, but about Abraham, it, uh, his father Terah uh, leaving, and uh, it, uh, Abraham believed, and it was a tribute to him as righteousness. But mm -hmm. what, did that possibility, was that availed to other peoples, perhaps even in other parts of the world? And but it, he's the guy, and therefore there goes history? What, could it have been another way? 
based on generation to generation, had it been had the offer been there before, and people said, "Nah, the heck with that noise." Um, so I I really think you know where you were going with your analysis is like the way you put it. It's it's not anti-biblical, and you need to be careful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's you know there's a level of discernment there that I think is appropriate. Well said. That was fascinating. Uh, next up is I want to thank I want to thank you for that, Todd, because every every preterist Calvinist in this audience is sodomizing my in my inbox now. <laughs> after that. So I I want to thank you. Better years thank than you. mine. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, Mike D'Amico says a two-loss team will make the college football playoff. We're talking about this season, I'm guessing. Yep. Bye. I, I, I could buy that. Again, it, it has almost happened. Auburn almost did it in uh, 2017. Uh, if they had won the SEC championship with two losses, they would have made it. So when you look at some of the teams that have lost already this year, I, I could see it. Sure. I'll buy. I'll buy. Yeah, bye. Let's see. We'll go th- to this one next. Uh, Crow of Approval uh, says, The Wasps showing up this week again is God's punishment on Steve for not wearing the beekeeper suit sent to him on the Lord's Day. Bye. Clearly. My goodness. <laughs> Eyes to see and ears so. to hear, man. Um, it's like manna from heaven on your doorstep. Why will you not believe Steve Dace? <laughs> you know what? We didn't think about that. Should I have painted some lamb's blood yeah. on the door yes. of our studio so the bees would pass over? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, try to take this one seriously. Tiny Johnny says... When Biden hears people want mandates to end, he thinks it's an attempt to shut down a gay dating app. Bye. Uh, sell, um, because I, I think you've a tr- you've culturally appropriated what belongs to Lindsey Graham to Joe Biden. I'm buying because he's got David French whispering in his ear all the time that drag queen story hour is the price of freedom. So yeah, he's. Uh- it's understandable. We'll go next to Garrett Humbertson. A significant presence of U.S. forces will be back in Afghanistan under President Kamala. Sell. Sell. Anarcho, anarcho-motorist says Monday night the Detroit Lions beat the Green Bay Packers. Sell. Yeah, sell. James Swick. Nicki Minaj will speak speak at CPAC before Steve. Bye. <laughs> The question is, will she sing did, at CPAC before but, me? And then what song would it be? Did you see? Um, yeah, bye. Bye. Yes. Did you see? Didn't she just come out and call Joy Reid like uh, Uncle? T- some, yeah, something. Even worse. Yeah, it was a worse. Yeah, it was worse. Yeah. It was a yeah. four-letter word that started with C. Yeah, that's out. Yeah. <laughs> I think Steve, she told Joy Reid. I think she told Joy Reid, I'll be seeing you next Tuesday. I think that's what she told her. When Steve and Aaron talk to me about like where the easy or the solid money is on with your betting lines, man, what bet the house on that? In fact, she could be, she might already be the keynote right now. Confirm (laughs) Nicki Minaj. Yes. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Norm McDonald, this is from Tyler Morgan. Norm McDonald was the best host of Weekend Update on SNL. Sell. It's close because I love Dennis Miller to death. It's, okay. Yeah, you just this is the George Washington principle. Yeah. Dennis Miller was is remains brilliant. 
Yep. Hey, real quick, before we finish up, let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, if you want to get involved in the real estate market in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Make sure you go in with an agent that you can trust with a fully vetted track record of success as well. Now, where would you find such a person if they could be found? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. This was a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates after they got tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then could not deliver as promised when needed the most. So they put out the clarion call and found out, hey, we've got some trustworthy, accomplished agents in this audience. And then they started connecting them with people in the audience. And out of that grassroots effort became an entire company called realestateagentsitrust.com. So just about anywhere in America you want to escape to or from, head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. One more final one. Dr. No says there will be a Soylent Green is People level reveal regarding COVID by the end of this year. Sure. Bye. And who knows? I I could absolutely. Yeah. 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 What do you think that is? uh, to me, I think it's my premise that the the true origin of the virus was an attempt to come up with preemptive vaccine vaccines for the next SARS or MERS level event, and therefore the virus itself is the vaccine. That's that's you know, soylent green is people. The virus is the vaccine. That that's that's what I think. That's my theory. It's it's absolutely. You know, I, I kind of casually arrived there, you know, a couple months ago, and I've and everything that has transpired, including the fact that the variants, the guys, I looked at 20 countries, 20 heavily populated and and modernized countries, and the only two that I could find that had 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 fewer cases and deaths at this time now than they did a year yeah. ago are Sweden yep. and India. They are the only two. Yeah. And Sweden, and Sweden established na- more natural immunity levels than anybody else did. And India only still has 12% of its population vaccinated, okay? Every other country I looked at, including Sweden's neighbors, Denmark, Norway, they either had more cases or more deaths. Everywhere else I looked, they did. You stole so my thunder. I, I'm convinced at this. You stole my thunder. My big reveal is it was going to be that, yes, Sweden does in fact exist. It's not the lost city of Atlantis. It's there. You can find it. You can go there. It's true. That's it. All right. That's, I think we're up against it. That's it, right? Yeah. We're going to wrap it up for today. Overtime is going to be awesome today. Overtime will be awesome. Don't miss it. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. I hope I'm on the queue here, Aaron. You tell me. Um, Noon to two Eastern. Is it good to go? Yeah. Good. All right. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.